The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to stop focusing on business problems and start focusing on the growth and leadership of your business. Welcome to The Business Edge with your host, Marsha Zeidel. Learn to create a growth agenda to get your business on the right track and keep it there. Rev up your growth engine with exceptional talent and develop the right kind of leadership to move it forward fast. Now, here is Marsha Zeidel. Welcome to The Business Edge, giving practical advice to entrepreneurs and business leaders and how to take your company, firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth. I'm Marsha Zeidel, your Smart Moves Coach, getting you on the right track, keeping you on the right track, and making sure you don't get sidetracked. Let's start with a Smart Moves quote from Jeff Bezos, CEO of Amazon. He said, One of the huge mistakes people make is that they try to force an interest on themselves. You don't choose your passions. Your passions choose you. My guest, Valerie Freeman, will talk about the passion of being an entrepreneur and what it takes to stay in business for 30 years. She is the founder and CEO of Dallas-based Imprimis Group, a leading supplier of staffing, recruiting, human resources, and outsourcing services, and one of the largest independently owned staffing services in Texas. Listeners, listen up to the gems Valerie will give us. She will recount her experience of getting through recessions, consolidations, product launches, name changes, financial challenges, and all the other issues that confront entrepreneurs during their career. Valerie's many awards include induction to the Women's Business Enterprise Hall of Fame for her years of business success and contribution to the WBE community, receipt of the Athena Award from the Dallas Regional Chamber of Commerce, and the Real Girls, Real Women Award from the Girl Scouts of Northeast Texas. She was also honored as one of the 25 most influential women in business by the Dallas Business Journal. Wow. Welcome, Valerie. It's so good to have you on the program. Well, thank you, Marsha. I'm glad to be here. Okay. Well, let's start with the quote from Jeff Bezos, who said, you don't choose your passions, your passions choose you. Valerie, how did you find what you're passionate about, and what advice do you, do you have for those listeners about finding their passion? Well, for me, I found my passion really just by luck, I think. I was uh, teaching in the business division at El Centro College. Uh, I thought that was going to be my career as a uh, college professor. And then uh, while I was there, uh, technology, word processing technology was first introduced into the business community. 
And when I started learning about the technology and when I was uh, looking at bringing in technology to train our, our students uh, at El Centro, I found that I had a real passion for technology. For some reason, I uh, looked to the future and knew that this technology was going to transform the way we did business. And I decided that I wanted to pursue a new career in training and placing and consulting in this new emerging technology. So for me, it was really a luck that this happened at the time. For some people, they know what they're passionate about, but they don't know exactly how to pursue that passion. For others, they're not sure what their passion is. And for those people, I would suggest that they, they try different things and they try huh. to, to do those things that they think they might want to pursue and see where it leads. It's sort of a trial and error thing for some people. And then some people like me are just going to wander into a passion. <laughs> well, I think, you know, they're having worked with a lot of people in their careers at one point of my career. I found that oh, how you talked about it is really true. Some people know from the time they're a child, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. Right. Other people, like you, kind of fall into it. You know, I never thought I would. I thought I was going to be a college professor, and now look where I am, 30-plus years later, a veteran entrepreneur. And sometimes we just have to uh, start f- focusing on the future. Well, we seeing, do. We yes. do, and, and we just have to think about, always be thinking about, are we – are we happy and satisfied where we are? That's sort of the start of it. I'm not sure I would have pursued this passion had I not really felt that uh, my teaching career was really not what I wanted to pursue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I see that when people come to me, they say, I don't like what I'm doing, but I'm not sure what I want to do. And I think that's the third group you've talked about. And you suggested um, they try new things. How might, how might they do that? Do you think? Well, um, if they have friends and and relatives and people that they know, they can uh, really start talking to them about. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not sure what I want to do. What do you have available? What could I, what could I do in your company, or what do you suggest? And start getting suggestions from people and start pursuing some different lines of work. It's um, it's a risk, and some people feel a little uh, uncomfortable because they don't have a full-time job necessarily or, or they're going from a job that paid a lot of money to one that maybe doesn't pay as much. But, you know, what drives it is if you're not passionate or, or you're not satisfied where you are, you, you have to be motivated to make some change. Right, and that is very hard for some people. It is. Um, it is. So let's say that um, someone is passionate about starting a business. They've talked to, you know, other entrepreneurs or they've talked to people. They've done some reading, you know, whatever it is. And they say, okay, I want to start my business. And I think most of us have thought about that at some time in our career. Um, what are some of the ups and downs you've experienced as a business owner for or over 30 years and sort of the good, the bad, and maybe even the ugly? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say from my point of view, I was, um, I would say uh, I did not have the experience uh, in, in the business world. As I said, I was a teacher, so I did not know how to start a business, but I, I knew the 
the content of the business. I mean, I knew how to train people, and I, I knew about the technology, and I had contacts in the business community. So that part I knew about. What mm-hmm. I didn't know about were all the other things, like uh, what do you do when, when you're growing and you don't have the, the, the money in the bank because your customers haven't paid you yet, but yet you have a <laughs> payroll to meet. So those are the things I had to learn, and I had to learn those sometimes the hard way and sometimes through uh, through advisors, uh, through through accounting, uh, accountants and lawyers and friends, uh, and you just have to keep learning. Uh, I, I think my education prepared me to learn, but um, it, it did not prepare me for the nuts and bolts of starting a business. Today, what's nice about starting a business today is that there are so many more uh, resources for people that can help you along. And so um, the trial and error, there's still some of that, but there's a lot more resources. But you have to really look at um, your customer base, how you're going to get customers. And um, over the years, that's changed for me because in the beginning, I did a lot of cold calling and knocking on doors and calling people on the phone. And so I didn't know about sales. I didn't know how to sell. And I had to learn to sell. And there's a lot of technique, uh, a lot to learn about sales. The other thing I had to learn about was um, how to get money to, to meet that payroll before our customers paid us. I needed a line of credit. And back in the day, it was really difficult for a woman to get a line of credit. I had help from my accountant who realized that I had a lot of really good accounts receivable. And uh, he took me to his bank. And really, he did all the talking on my behalf, and uh, that's how I got my first line of credit. But I didn't realize I needed one until I was faced with the the hard fact that, oh, my gosh, the payroll's due tomorrow, and the, the money's not there. <laughs> so um, I had to get a little bridge loan from my father-in-law. Thank God he had, had some, some CDs. He could get me the money. But that taught me a lesson, and that is you have to have – your financing lined up before you need it, and uh, and that means you have to have a relationship with either a banker or or an uh, angel investor or friends or relatives or somebody that's going to come to your rescue if uh, if your business is growing and you're, you don't have the capital to keep up. So that's a big part of being an entrepreneur and and one that um, it's not sexy and it's not exciting. It's not like selling a big deal, but it's something you have to do. Well, I think you you made some very uh, good points, um, and just to kind of summarize it, um, first I think you you talked about a be, um, you have to know what you're getting into, and sometimes we don't know what we're getting into, and we just have to muddle through it and find and, and find the, the people who can help us, and that's why you're talking about. Um, Having your financial finances lined up, probably having a cadre of advisors uh, to, and contacts to be sort of um, you, uh, to, to help you as you grow and as you uh, move in your business. Who might these advisors be? Who, who who would you have on your team? Let's say. Well, I would definitely have an accountant. Okay. Uh, CPA, I would definitely have a lawyer or, or several lawyers. You know, lawyers all have their specialties. And in my business, right. I have to have an employment lawyer. Um, I have to have um, sort of a general 
business lawyer, that sort of thing. So you need specialist lawyers, and then you need other business owners who um, who are who who are who've gone through the same things or are going through the same things you are. So for me, I was a member of the National Association of Women Business Owners, and mm-hmm. we would get together on a regular basis and, and talk about how we get through things. Um, I would say, so, so other women business owners or business owners out there that you respect, um, and, and those are the kinds of people that are going to help you, you get through um, the issues that come up. Well, you know, Valerie, uh, it's time for a short break. Uh, this is Marsha Zidle, your Smart Moves coach. You're listening to The Business Edge, How to Take the Growing Pains Out of, of uh, Growth. And when Valerie comes back, um, she's, so, she's talked about uh, her experience as a, as a uh, uh, starting a business and some of the key people you need on your team. And when we come back, we're going to look at some of the uh, basics that um, a, a entrepreneur and business owner needs. So uh, stay tuned. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidle, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidal, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. 
Welcome back, listeners. This is Marsha Zidal, your Smart Moves Coach. My guest today is Valerie Freeman. And as a, as a veteran entrepreneur, she's telling us about her career as well as what we can do as budding business owners and entrepreneurs so that we would be successful. And one of the things in my introduction to Valerie, um, I talked about um, the challenges that she went through in those 30 years, like getting through recessions, consolidations, product launches, name changes, and other other kinds of issues that confront entrepreneurs. So, Valerie, what can you tell our listeners about those challenges and how you dealt with them? Okay. Well, let me start with... Um Getting through the hard times, like recessionary times, because mm-hmm. I've been through quite a few, and um, certainly they're always, in the beginning, they were always a shocker, because they come so fast, they turn so fast. You can be doing great one day, and the next day, things are starting to turn for the worst, and vice versa. So what I've learned over the years is, of course, that you have to have a very tough exterior to get mm-hmm. through these recessions. And even though they're very depressing, you, as the leader and CEO of a company, have to get up every morning with a, and put a big smile on your face and, you, and have a lot of optimism and go in and show that to the employees that you have because you're the leader and you have to lead them and, and um, and really help them get through it too, uh, because some of them are going to be as shocked or, or more shocked than, than you are that things have turned so quickly. So, uh, what, what I've learned is that you, you're probably never fully prepared for a recession, but when it starts to happen, you have to act quickly. At mm-hmm. one time, we had ramped up in one of our companies, ramped up quite a bit, hired a lot of people and, and things were going along fine, and then all of a sudden it started to slip, and we had fewer and fewer fewer orders. And I finally realized that I kept hoping things would turn around, and they weren't. And I realized that hope is not a strategy, and that I would have to lay people off, which mm-hmm. was terrible. It's terrible mm-hmm. to have to lay people off who really have done nothing wrong. But I couldn't just let it keep going on. So uh, it was very tough. But you have to make those tough decisions because you have to save your company. And quite honestly, after one of those recessions, we hired some of those folks back. And the other ones, we helped to find uh, other work. So um, a recession makes you think about about uh, preparing and planning a little better for the future. So the next recession that happened, I guess after 9-11, um, the the tech bust was already starting to happen, and 9/11 put the nail in the coffin, and we lost over half of our business. And needless to say, we had to have some layoffs, and it was it was just awful. And then uh, we we did not ramp up quite as much as we had done before uh, because we had learned our lesson. And it's amazing that you can get more done with fewer people. But anyway, uh, the next recession that came along in about 2008, uh, we were able to soar through that and, and not have it impact us so much. So our planning was a little, a little bit better. Uh, but that's how you get through a recession. You just have to understand that it too will pass. But I'm telling you, it's tough to get through and, and you have to have that positive mentality for the sake of your your staff. Um, the other thing that we we did back, uh, I guess, uh, uh, in premise, which is the name of our 
our overall mm-hmm. company. Mm-hmm. Um, and imprimis is a real word. It's a Latin derivation. It means uh, in the first place or first among many. Uh, back when I started the company, because it was based on word processing technology, it was called word temps because we were primarily temporary and primarily in word processing. Well, after a few years, I realized that was not going to be a good name for the future because word processing was changing. We were doing many other things, and we weren't just doing temporary staffing. We were doing full-time staffing and training and, and a lot of other things. And so I knew I had to change the name. So what I did is I hired um, the Richards Group, actually, um, and they have a group uh, – called the Naming Center, and they helped us go through a process to, to look at different names. And at the time, there were also, in, in many industries, all the names are similar or the same. In our industry at the time, it was resource and source, and, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it just all the names ran together. So I wanted a name that was really different, but that I could use tagline underneath it to really show what we did. So uh, when it was all said and done, uh, we were able to not only uh, agree on the name Imprimis, uh, because I did want the name to mean something, um, and we could get Imprimis.com, which today it's impossible <laughs> almost to get, a, to get a URL with one word, but uh, uh, we could back then. So in the beginning, when we changed our name, everybody went, what? Why did you change your name? What does that mean? And it took us a while. It took a while for people to get used to that weird name. Well, now weird names are everywhere, so it's not so unusual. So we were a little ahead of our times with the, with the weird name change. But I'm so glad we changed our name. It, it, it just made all the difference in the world. Names are important. And uh, it really takes uh, some time and effort to think about a name and the URL and, and the marketing that, go, that can go around that name. Um, also, on our product launches, we, um, oh, my goodness, we, we've done a lot of them. Uh, in, in our Freeman Leonard group, actually, that name in the beginning was called Art Squad, and we were primarily temporary staffing of, uh, of um uh, graphic designers and writers, but I wanted to get more into the marketing uh, space and um, do marketing projects through teams of people and so on. And so we changed our name when Kathy Leonard came aboard. Uh, quite honestly, we couldn't think of a clever name, so we just named it Freeman Leonard, and, and, and there you have it. So uh, it, it allowed us, however, to have a name that we could attach to any any type of product, and um, and it wouldn't it wouldn't date us. Uh, the product launches we've had for Freeman Leonard are things like Imagination, where we come up with the big idea for for an advertising campaign, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and and a, a a company called Moda, which is a modeled on demand agency, where we put together teams of of highly skilled marketing people to uh, complete a project for a company. And um, those product launches uh, have been very successful, but we've had to think about, you know, the social media. Today, you have to launch through social media and in addition to advertising, the t- uh, traditional advertising. So uh, product launches take, take some time and effort to, to think through um, how you're going to get the word out there and do you want to do it fast and quick or do you want to take your time because you want to uh, make sure all your systems are in place before you, you launch the product. 
Uh, so those, those are some of the things that, that we've had uh, to think about. So I'm not opposed. You know, some people are very opposed to name changes, and it does take some time for your clients to get used to your new name. So it's not like we, we just willy-nilly change our name one day. Uh, but if your name doesn't, it's, it's not good for the future and, and your industry's changing, that's the time to think about an, a name change. Well, you know, I've, uh, you, you've given me some really good gems here, and I just like to uh, make sure that the listeners heard these. When you were talking about the recession, oh, I wrote this down. You said, um, yes, you have to put on a good face, and you have to go in there, get up every morning, go into to work, try to do the best you can. But you also said um, you can't rely on hope. You have to have a strategy. And I think that, you know, the strategy that you've developed, you've talked about when you uh, went through the recession, which is you have to plan, you know, you have to prepare and plan for the future. So would you agree that that's one of those gems that you want to have people remember uh, about going through the recession? Or is there something else that in addition to that? Well, it's uh, yes, I want them to remember that, but the strategy for us would be, you know, what company, there's always, in any recession, there are always prospects and your clients that are, that are going to do well, and mm-hmm. that's just the way it is. Not everybody uh, is, is uh, down and out in a recession, mm-hmm. so what areas are, are, are booming, or, or maybe not booming, but what areas are still growing, what companies are still growing? And, and so the strategy has to shift for, uh, from just doing what you've been doing to something a little different. Or there might be a, a product or a service uh, that your customers and prospects tell you that they really wish they had because they don't have enough people anymore mm-hmm. uh, to, to uh, be able to take advantage of some opportunities. There's always opportunities in a recession. You just got to figure out what they are. And sometimes that, that is what surprises you and that's what causes you um, to, to, take, to have a little blip before you start growing again. And so that's another gem, too, which is um, despite where the economy is or where you are, you always have to be looking to the future or or if not and to look for the opportunities that are there right now or that will be in the future. And so I want to move down to the other two examples you gave, which was name changing and product launch and the gem that. You know, there were some gems that um, really came to mind as you were talking about it. Um, I wrote down here um, that you can't stay with the tried and true. Um, that you have to you have to be innovative, and you were certainly innovative with your name. And I think that is a real issue for some people. Do we? stay with who we are or do we change to not only our name but change the name should be relevant to the change in your business uh, model would you can you talk a little bit about that well excuse me um if you can get a name that's that's relevant to your business Mm -hmm. that's ideal but the problem today is that uh there's so many names already taken, and you don't want a name that's going to that you want people to think it's somebody else. Right. Um, and I could name several one-word uh, names that that are everywhere, and you have to like look to see which company it is. Right. So, right. Um, 
you know, I'm not opposed to all these weird names that are coming out because at least you can remember them, like Google. (laughs) (laughs) That is certainly weird. Um, But, you know, um, I'm going to have to, if you can hold that thought, because it's time for another break. And this is Marsha's Idol, your Smart Moves coach. You're listening to The Business Edge. And when we return, uh, Valerie is going to finish that thought about uh, names, and then we're going to go into the leadership skills you need as an entrepreneur. So stay tuned. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidal, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back, listeners. My guest is Valerie Freeman, CEO of Premise Group, and she is talking about her 30 years of wisdom that she accrued as being an entrepreneur. And uh, at the end of the last uh, segment, we talked about name changes and um and the, and the point is, 
that you don't do, you just don't make a name change nilly willy. You make a name change for a reason. And so, Valerie, can you talk, baby, uh, just slight, uh, uh, quickly? What reason did you make that name change? Was it because your business was changing, or whatever? Well, we were changing. Our business was changing. We were adding additional services other than uh, word processing. I'd mentioned that we started out with the name WordTemps, and we were doing way more than temporary placement, and we were doing way more than word processing. And people kept saying, "Well, how can you do finance?" and accounting with the name WordTemps. So we realized we had to change. So we were already in the process of changing our business and then realized we had to change our name. And uh, and we wanted something that was really unique uh, and that couldn't be confused with other uh, businesses in our uh, industry. And so um, today, in today's world, with all the strange names like Google, um, it's not a bad thing to have a, a, a weird name. It's just that you can use taglines, uh, like we could say in premise, the employment people, or in premise, uh, the, the uh, experts in temporary staffing, or whatever we wanted to say uh, could be changed with that tagline. So uh, you want a, a unique name. If you can get a name that reflects your business, that's great, but it's really, really hard to do today. Well, you know, I think um, it's time to move on, and I, and I think to get into the leadership skills. And this is someone who has been a leader for many years, not only in her business, but Valerie has been on many boards, many committees, is involved in so many different organizations that she is a true leader. And this is someone we can learn from. So um, talk about leadership skills, how to improve them, what you see is important to Today, has leadership changed over the 30 years that you've been in, in business? And so, uh, Valerie, what's your take on leadership? Well, I will say that when I started in business, I had not ever been a leader of a company and, uh, and, and with all the responsibilities that go along with it. So, and when you have employees, they're not really going to give you good feedback on your leadership skills. <laughs> no. So they're going to tell you what you want to hear, most likely. So the, the way I learned about leadership, other than reading about it and, uh, uh, and looking and going to seminars and so on, um, what I did was I observed. I, um, I joined professional organizations, and I observed the leadership there, the leadership of the chamber, the leadership of uh, all these groups that I was a part of. And I learned uh, what I thought was motivating, the things that they did that were, the leaders did that were motivating to me that got me interested in following them or doing what they wanted me to do. And then I started volunteering for uh, committees and to be on boards and to practice uh, that leadership. So to me, the way you learn about leadership is, first of all, you observe and you see what leadership practices that you, that you find uh, that you like and that are motivating to you and the ones that aren't, and then you start practicing that. So I, I can say I've probably learned more about leadership from being around nonprofit and, and civic organizations uh, than I have anywhere. And uh, I uh, fortunately have been able to, to be on boards of organizations where the leaders were um, heads of large companies. And I have to say that some of them were better than others. And some of them are way more motivating than others. And it's really a learning experience for someone uh, who started a small business and 
uh, and didn't have the access to those kinds of leaders within uh, within a big company like that. Now, we did have leaders in the community college district, uh, and again, some of them were were very uh, uh, very good, excellent leaders, and some were not. So I did learn something there. But basically, uh, through the years, I found that. Um, more has 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 come about in the the servant leadership area where leaders are really trying to to help their employees and support their employees instead of the military model of of command and control so i see that having changed over over the years and uh, that that's the way we try to to uh, why i try to operate here is i'm here to help my employees be successful i'm not here to tell them what to do i'm not here to monitor their minutes uh, of getting here at work and leaving i i want them to be uh self motivated i don't really feel i can motivate anybody that doesn't want to be motivated and so my role is if they if they aren't motivated and they and they can't do the things that need to be done then I need to help them move on so in that way um, leaders are, are much more supportive I think today than they were in the in the past but I I would recommend to everybody and it's hard because it takes up time it takes a lot of time to be involved uh, in the community especially in the early days when um, I didn't have all the support uh, with my my staff that I do now, and I spent a lot of hours not only on my business but also doing these these uh, community activities because I wanted to learn about leadership and I wanted to be able to practice it and get feedback on it, and I was not going to get that in my own company. And you know, you talked about. Um um, observing, you know, the, the, there are two things that, that the gems that came came from uh, your discussion was the first thing is to go and observe and observe people who are good leaders and sometimes bad leaders. And I know I've told my my grown uh, children who have uh, started, you know, their, their first job or their second job or whatever, that you'll learn more from bad leaders in some sense of what not to do. And right. that, you know, <laughs> exactly. and I, I, I tell them, sometimes you need a bad leader. Yes, it would be nice if you had all good managers, but sometimes you need a bad manager uh, to help you realize that that's not the way to motivate people. Um, right. And, and I, I also believe that leadership is a skill that you can learn. I do not believe that it's in this innate trait that you're mm-hmm. born with. And so some people say to me, oh, well, you know, I just, that person is a natural born leader. Well, no, they're not. They've had to, they've had to, the, the opportunity to practice and to get feedback, and that's what makes them good. And anybody can be a leader if they want to put in the effort. And you said a, a really, uh, the, the word that struck me is feedback. It's, it, we do need feedback. Um, it's, it's practice, yes, and then getting feedback, whether it's feedback from a, an, uh, what, uh, an advisor, because a lot of times you say employees may not give you feedback, uh, could be from a coach, it could be from a mentor. So can you talk a little more about feedback? How did you get feedback? Uh, well, I did, one time I went to, um, this class for the, uh, it was through the Center for Creative Leadership. And what they did before I went for the, it was, I can't remember, it was like two or three days. Mm-hmm. And um, 
before I went, they sent a survey to all my employees mm-hmm. um, asking all these questions about my leadership style and what I, I'm good at, what I'm not good at. And then uh, when I went to the class, they had aggregated the data and they showed where I, uh, what I thought of my leadership style compared with what my employees thought. And mine were very similar. I, I felt, you know, they knew what my weaknesses are and I knew what they were. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and strengths too. So it wasn't very far apart, which was, which was a good thing because if you're really far apart, if you think you're doing a great job and your employees <laughs> think you're terrible, then you, you're going to have a problem. But mine were very, very similar, so um, so I knew what I had to, to work on, and I, uh, you know, I was okay with that, and I knew what my strengths were, and so did they. So, so that was a good part. So you can, you don't have to go through a, a formal program like that. You can do it. Um, you can do it through a coach. You can do it through. You can do it yourself, but you just can't have those surveys sent to yourself. You have to have it sent <laughs> to somebody else, a neutral party. But that's great feedback if you can if you can get it. And um, you know, occasionally you'll have some people in your company that will really be honest with you, but um, usually not. <laughs> And I think what you're talking about is probably 360-degree feedback. Um, That's one of the tools out there. Uh, There are are others. Um, So I'd like to get to one other way that I think uh, you can learn about about leadership and also develop your leadership skills. And uh, can you talk about uh, why one needs a mentor and how do you find one? (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, some companies have formal mentorship programs, but but very few. And the ones that do, it's it's uh, they're not they're not the best programs out there because again, it's sort of a um, it's not a natural process. To me, if if you want a mentor, and and it would be great to have a mentor. And to me, a mentor is just a someone to to help you out. And so um, instead of going up to someone and saying, will you be my mentor? Because all of a sudden they think, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to spend all this time talking with this person. That's not what you want. You want to ask, can you help me on this particular issue? Or can you give me advice on this particular issue? Be asking for advice on a particular issue or topic from one person. And that can start developing a relationship over time. Uh, otherwise, I think when when you you go up to someone and ask them to be a mentor, it, it, it's really an awkward. You you put them in a very <laughs> awkward situation. And if you just come up and ask for advice on something, uh, it's going to be a lot more informal, and I think you're going to get a, a better response. Now, why you would want a mentor is just like you'd want a business advisor. You right. need advice. You want to know something about how to get ahead in that company or, or how to do a project better or how to be more efficient or how to relate to people or how to speak in front of a group or whatever it happens to be. And you can have, you know, you can have many mentors. You don't have to have just one. But those are the people um, that will help you really uh, and be honest with you, hopefully, about how you can do these things. And and you might ask them, you know, how how do you see me being able to do, to to possibly do this? 
and uh, and get some really uh, and and sometimes it could be your boss, but really what you want to do is spread out and ask for advice from other other um, um, leaders in your either in your company or outside of your company. You're in, right, and I think that is a wonderful pl- uh, place to take a break because we've learned so much about leadership skills, uh, the importance of observing, the importance of practicing, and the importance of having a mentor. When we return, Valerie will tell uh, us a bit about how to get in touch with her and a little more about what she has to offer. So stay tuned. which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidal, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back, listeners. This is Marcia Zottle, your Smart Moves Coach. And my guest today has been Valerie Freeman, CEO of Impremise Group. And she talked about what it takes to stay in business for 30 years, advice from a veteran entrepreneur. So, Valerie, if people want to know more about you and your business, how can they contact you? Well, they can go to our website. It's uh, Impremise.com, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S. 
uh, they can call us at 972-419-1700, or they can email me at vfreeman, F-R-E-E-M-A-N, at imprimis.com. Well, thank you so much, Valerie, because you've had so many gems, and that's what I was looking for, the gems of a veteran entrepreneur. Uh, thank you so much, and, um, and I hope we will see each other soon. Okay, thank you, Marcia. It's time for Marcia's Musings, a tasty morsel of wisdom and wit to take the growing pains out of growth. Whose bright idea was this? Have you noticed that LinkedIn changed its contacts format recently? Am I the only one frustrated by this change? Not really. Here are four of hundreds of comments from the help forum. Number one, quote, as a professional organizer, I am horrified at this new change to the context channel. I have notes in most of my 500 plus contacts. I can no longer even find the note field. This is awful. What can you do about this? Here's another. This improvement is as stupid as new Coke which was once upon a time. This may be dating myself. It would be difficult to sit down and conceive a way of doing more damage to a database. The third comment. Everyone who has responded to this, thank you for validating the fact that the new version stinks. I was worried that I lost my mind there for a bit. My analogy for the new system is that they took a very neat and tidy and large file cabinet and took the contents, dumped it on the floor, and said, there you go, now find what you need. And finally, this comment, your analogy described it very well. This change is terrible. I had everything just perfect. Horrible decision by LinkedIn. So what lessons can be learned from this? Here are five change management tips. Number one, don't surprise. Managers frequently make this mistake when introducing change. They wait until all the decisions are made and then spring them on unsuspecting employees or customers. The first response of most people to something totally new and unexpected is frustration, and it may be valid. Number two, Give advance notice. If you're going to make changes, let people know ahead of time so that they can prepare for it. For example, LinkedIn could have advised users to export export their contact list with all the data just in case part or all got lost. Three, communicate the reason for the change. Don't just say it's a product feature enhancement. Tell specifically how it will make their experience better, easier, more efficient. And make sure it does what you say it should. Four, give people instructions or training. In trying to navigate the new format, I spent a lot of time with little success. It would have been easier if they anticipated the problem users would face and therefore had an FAQ page available. Five, do a pilot first with your customers. Find out all the glitches, and there will be some. 
then work to make improvements. As someone wrote, does no one at LinkedIn do user testing? So listeners, here's your smart moose tip. Change is good, except when it isn't. Don't get hooked into change for change's sake, or change because everyone else is doing it. Before making a major change, think it through. Be aware of the ripple effects of changes on your customers and your employees and your suppliers. In fact, get their input before you make the change. It could prevent this kind of fiasco that's happening on LinkedIn. Listeners, here's how you can make change work for you. Get our new article, The 13 Mistakes of Leading Change That Will Get You Into Real Trouble. Send an email to Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com, S-M-A-R-T-M-O-V-E-S-C-O-A-C-H.com, with 13 mistakes in the subject line, or call me at 972-380-9181. You're listening to Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves Coach, making sure you're on the right track and not getting sidetracked in your drive for high performance and profitability. Next week's program is Succession Planning for Entrepreneurs and Family Business Owners. You've built your company and made it a success. How can you be sure that the next generation of leaders will sustain your success? What role will you play in that evolution? David Franzetta, author of Changing Places, will take us through the most important components of planning your exit, beginning with preparing for your own personal transition by creating a personal succession planning roadmap and building a transition advisory team. Whether you are ready to step down now or three years from now, or even 10 years from now, Dave and Changing Places will be your essential guide. Tune in November, Wednesday, November 6th at 11 Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Here's a smart moose tip for the coming week. Focus on results. No one buys a drill because they love the tool. They buy it because they need holes. What about your products or services? You may think they are great, but do they meet your customers' needs? Are you sure? Find out. I'll end with my favorite saying. There are three kinds of people in this world. Those who make it happen, those who let it happen, and those who asked, what happened? Which one are you? If you're highly motivated to make it happen, let me help you make it happen. Call me for a free consult at 972 3809181 or email marcia m a r c i a at smartmovescoach.com thank you for listening tune in every week 11 pacific for the business edge with marcia zidel the smart moves executive coach and speaker helping entrepreneurs and business leaders take their company firm or practice to that next level with less stress and more success In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth. 
Innovate, improve, ignite, or or die. Make smart moves. Thank you. You've been listening to The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. Please join us again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And enjoy taking your business to the next level. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.